0: Now, broadcasting from behind enemy lines, deep in the trenches of the Patriot resistance, leading the charge in the battle for liberty, this is the Jason Veely Program.
1: Hello, my friends. Jason Veely here. You're listening to the Jason Veely Program. The Email address if you want to get in touch with me, the Jason Veely Program at Gmail.com, the Jason Ville Program at Gmail.com, or call and leave a voicemail 860 266 2852 is the number 860 266 2852. So on Monday, folks, there was a terrible, tragic shooting that took place in Boulder, Colorado. The, uh, the criminal, the uh perpetrator whatever you want to call him the evil monster maybe i think that seems more appropriate was 21 year old ahmed al let me see if i could pronounce this here ahmed al al aliwi alisa yes that's uh that's this individual's name sounds very american doesn't it i bet it was a white christian uh heterosexual but anyway That was the name of the individual who committed this terrible, terrible shooting uh, on Monday. 21-year-old Ahmed, maybe the second time's a charm, Ahmed Al-Aliwi Alisa. Anyway, uh, it took place at a grocery store. Um, Ten people were shot and killed. Um, Ages ranged from 20 to 65 years old. Police were able to take him into custody, thankfully, um, and charged him with 10 counts of first-degree murder. Um, I I always love it in these situations. I shouldn't say love it. That's probably a poor choice of words, but I, it's, it's always good when the police are able to take this guy alive as opposed to letting him take the coward's way out like we've seen so many times before and, and shoot himself before he can... Uh, be captured and taken into a jail cell so that he could rot the rest of his life or better yet put to death um, so police were able to take him into custody uh, and he was was charged with 10 counts of first-degree murder now it really is a shame folks that Colorado uh, last year abolished the death penalty actually almost to the date on March 23rd 2020 they abolished the death penalty so this individual again this evil monster Um, will rot for the rest of his life in a jail cell. I would much rather see him be put to death. Um, I'm a big proponent of the death penalty. Um, I feel very, very strongly about that, as a matter of fact. But that won't be happening to this individual, because, again, Colorado abolished the death penalty last year. But at least he was captured. But still, ladies and gentlemen, we have 10 people who are now dead. For no reason uh, whatsoever. Um, as far as I'm concerned, we don't have a motive yet for why this crazed individual decided to do this, decided to pick up a gun and walk into a shopping mar- uh, uh, grocery store and kill 10 people. Um, we, we we don't know. There there may not be a reason. It might just be that he was insane uh, and and one day decided to pick up a gun and go do this. So, of course, our, our thoughts and our prayers are with the the families and friends of the victims. It's, it's a absolute tragedy. And, of course, this on top of what happened a few weeks ago in Atlanta. Um, it's terrible. Absolutely terrible whenever something like this happens. Now, how is Joe Biden responding? Because I think it's important we get into this. We've had two uh, relatively big shootings now within the past few weeks and so it's important to look to joe biden the president of the united states uh and uh, see how he's responding to this he gave a press conference uh, shortly after the shooting uh, in colorado and here's what he had to say take a listen
0: while we're still waiting for more information regarding the shooter his motive the weapons he used, the guns, the magazines, the weapons, the modifications that apparently have taken place to those weapons that are involved here. I don't need to wait another minute, let alone an hour, to take common sense steps that will save the lives in the future and to urge Actually
1: my... you do have to wait another minute or another hour because we have what's called Congress and we have what's called the separation of powers. You, sir, are not a dictator. I know you want to be. I know you, you. You know you think you have your pen and your phone, like uh, your pal Obama, uh, a few years back. You're not a. You're not a dictator. So th- this notion that I. I don't have to wait. I could do this right. No, you can't. Actually, we're talking about a fundamental human right here, outlined in the Constitution: the right to self-preservation. You can't just, you know, with a stroke of a pen. Um, do what you want to the Second Amendment and uh, the, the right to bear arms. You can't do it. You can't do it. We have a process that you have to go through. Maybe you're not aware of that. Keep listening.
0: Colleagues in the House and Senate to act. We can ban assault weapons and high-capacity magazines
1: what in this would that, country. What would that have to do with anything? This is the thing that they keep coming back to. We can ban high-capacity magazines, and we can ban assault rifles. Is there any indication whatsoever that such a ban would have prevented what just happened in Colorado? Is there any indication of that whatsoever? Any indication that banning assault rifles, quote-unquote... By the way, they don't even know what that is. When they say assault rifles, they have no clue what the hell they're talking about. No clue. Fully automatic assault rifles... Uh, assault rifles are already illegal. What he's talking about, of course, is most likely guns like the semi-automatic AR-15, which is still legal and should, uh, should stay that way. But this is what they always come back to, ladies and gentlemen. We gotta do this, and they call it common sense. They call it common sense. Look, it's just common sense to put limits on magazine sizes. It's just common sense. To ban these types of guns. You know the guns that look scary. It's just common sense they say. I'm sorry folks. I'm sick of this. Because I we hear this over and over and over again. It's the same old song and dance from the left. The same thing. So here we go again. Here we go again. Without any evidence whatsoever. That taking these steps. Uh, you know banning Uh, semi-automatic what he really means the AR-15 putting uh, caps on magazine sizes which actually most states already have that Um, there's no evidence whatsoever that this would A. decrease mass shootings or B. make people safer I, I would argue that it would do the exact opposite honestly but keep listening
0: once again I got that done when I was a senator. It passed. It was law for the longest time.
1: Now he's talking and- about magazine size limits. When Biden was the senator of Delaware, he's, he's saying here that they were able to pass that law, put caps on magazine size uh, sizes, and he says that worked, and that decreased gun-related homicides, gun-related violence. Folks, after he said that, when I was doing show prep earlier today, I looked. I did some research. I tried to find exactly what he was talking about in Delaware. I tried to find a correlation between the uh, the the uh, ban or, or legislation passed regarding magazine size limits and a decrease in gun-related homicide. I couldn't find anything. I couldn't find anything. So I, I don't know what the hell this guy is talking about. Something tells me he is now, like he usually does, just speaking out of his ass. Keep listening.
0: Brought down these mass killings. We should do it again. We can close speaking the Speaking out of his ass. Background check system. Background checks. Charleston we already airport.
1: have background checks. See, they what, what pisses me off, folks, is they talk about guns and gun culture in America as if it's like the Wild West. As if there's no background checks, there's no process, there's no, um, there's no nothing. They talk about it as if anyone can just go to the store, buy a bazooka, and carry it around the streets. It's not true. And I would argue that most of these people, liberals and liberal politicians included, probably never owned a gun before probably don't know the process so when they come out and talk about yeah we need to expand background checks and we need to do this and this they really don't know what they're talking about they really don't they're still calling it assault rifles by the way is that any indication that they're that they're dumb as dumb as a sack of bricks i mean honestly all right keep listening
0: that's one of the best tools we have right now to prevent gun violence. You're
1: a tool, might
0: I add. The Senate should immediately pass. Let me say it again. The United States Senate, I hope some are listening, should immediately pass the two House House-passed bills that close loopholes in the background check system.
1: What, what These loopholes? are bills
0: that receive votes of both Republicans and Democrats in the House. This is not it should not be a partisan issue. This is an American issue. It will no, save it's a, it's lives. it's a
1: constitutional issue is what it is. It's a constitutional issue. I notice that you on the left, you never bring that up, do you? When you're talking about guns and passing gun legislation, you never bring up the Second Amendment. You don't even consider it. It's just ca- kind of, you know, completely ignored, skipped over. Why is that? American lives,
0: American lives, and we have to act.
1: We have to act.
0: We should also ban assault weapons in the process.
1: Uh, of course, yeah. Throw that in there.
0: I'll have much more to say Jerk. as we learn more. But I wanted to be clear. Those poor folks who died left behind families that leaves a big hole in their hearts. You
1: know what? Before he gets into the whole bleeding heart liberal crap, Oh, we gotta do it for the families, we gotta destroy the Second Amendment so that we could save lives of an before he gets into that crap, let me just say something about this quote unquote assault rifles ban again what he really means is a ban on semi-automatic rifles like the ar-15 that's what he's talking about do you understand that the ar-15 specifically and many similar rifles are the preferred choice for home defense for millions of families in this country because it's so easy to operate because of how easy it is to operate i mean ladies and gentlemen I don't think they understand, or maybe they do and they don't care. Banning these types of firearms is going to make it harder for families and individuals to defend themselves and their properties and their homes. That's what it's going to do. That's all it's going to do. You think these laws are going to stop criminals who are crazed, who are messed up in the head? You think it's going to stop someone, another person, from somehow obtaining a gun, whether or not they're legal or illegal, walking into a uh, grocery store and shooting up the place? You think it's going to stop someone like that? Absolutely not. This is going to hurt law-abiding citizens, people who follow the law, people like you and me. That's who are going to be at a disadvantage here. Not criminals. Why the liberals don't understand this very simple concept is beyond me. It's beyond me. All right, let's let them wrap up here, the uh, tyrant in chief.
0: And, and, yes, we can save lives. Yes,
1: save
0: increasing lives. the background checks so they're yes. supposed yes. to yes. occur. Destroying the second amendment. Eliminating assault weapons. Yeah. And and the banning, size of the guns. You don't know all the detail yet on that. Disarming
1: the people. We could save lives. Yes.
0: But I'll be talking to you more later today or yes, yes. In the
1: next couple days. We'll be talking more about, about how we can we know.
0: May God bless you further all. Further strip your rights. And uh, those families yeah. who are mourning today because yeah, of to the violence in Colorado families. and Georgia, all across the country. Got to
1: act now. We have to Children, act, don't you know? So there's
0: not more of you. you. Got to act. There's few of you. you gotta,
1: all right, shut up. That's enough of that. Joe Biden. You know, folks, I was thinking about this, too. I feel so bad for the families and the friends of the victims um, who immediately have their entire situation politicized by the Democrats. Right? They talk of Joe Biden, talks well, we got to, you know, I feel so bad for the the families. We got to act. We got to do something. Okay, let's talk about how we can strip gun rights now. I mean it's it's like these people who are going through enormous grief right now are being used as pawns, political pawns by the left to 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 advance their radical anti-gun agenda. I feel bad for them. I feel bad for them. Chris Murphy, senator from Connecticut, another moron who by the way loves being in the limelight. This guy, mark my words, one year is going to make a run for president. He loves being on the limelight. He, probably He's one of these guys that loves the sound of his own voice. He's a pompous ass. He took to Twitter right after the shooting in Colorado and said, quote, This is the moment to make our stand now. Today, our movement is stronger than the gun lobby. They are weak. We are potent. Finally, a president and a Congress that supports gun reform. No more Newtowns. No more Parklands. No more boulders. Now we make our stand. (laughs) It's unbelievable. (laughs) Then my other idiot senator. There's Chris Murphy, and then there's Richard Blumenthal, the lizard man. You don't know why I call him that? Look up a picture of him. Uh, He spoke during a Senate hearing on gun violence the other day. And he made some ridiculous arguments. Some ridiculous arguments. Let's play the audio. Here it is. cannot save the... First of all, isn't the sound of his voice just so damn annoying? First of all, we cannot save. I mean, it's like waterboarding trying to listen to this guy.
2: Victims in Atlanta. Save the eight victims in Atlanta or the ten last night, including a brave police officer. Thoughts and prayers can't save the 24,000 people killed every year, or the 26 blacks killed every day. All right, the let me eight- stop
1: him right there. Those numbers are actually pretty accurate. 25 26,000 around there people die every year as a as a result of firearm related violence. Do you know how many lives are saved every year thanks to firearms? I believe this information is it's from the FBI or the CDC. I think it's I think it's CDC data. But every year 500,000 to 3 million. Anywhere from 500,000 on the low end to 3 million on the high end, lives are saved due to firearm intervention. That is a good person with a gun. So statistically speaking, firearms do much more good each year than bad. That is a fact just wanted uh, Lizard Man to know that. All right, keep listening.
2: Eight children killed as a result of unsecured weapons every day. Thoughts and prayers are not enough.
1: Well, we're going to keep doing them. And jackass. yet, thoughts and
2: prayers is all we have heard from my colleagues on the other side. That's not thoughts true. Thoughts and prayers. That's
1: not, we don't just say thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. I have been very clear about my position on firearms since day one. Since the day I started conservative commentary, I've been very clear. I want everyone who wants to be able to own a gun for, for self-preservation, to protect themselves and their families and their property, to be able to own a gun as long as they go through the process, don't have a criminal background, and do everything legally. That's what I want. I want people to be able to defend themselves... Because the Second Amendment says that they have a right to defend themselves. That's what I want. You Democrats are stripping people of that God-given right to self-preservation. That's what you're doing. That's what you're doing. All right, tell you what I'm going to (laughs) do. I'm going to take a quick break and cool off. And then when we come back, we're going to... Start this clip over with uh, Lizard Man, aka Richard Blumenthal, and try to get through it. All right, that's what we're going to do. Stick with me, folks. We'll get through this one. I know it's tough, but we'll get through it. I'll be right back.
0: This is the Jason Veeley Program.
1: Conservatives. How many times have you been called a racist by someone on the left? What about sexist, bigoted, homophobic, xenophobic, right-wing, radical extremist? These are all buzzwords that liberals use as a means of labeling conservatives as something that they're not. And let me tell you something. I, like most of you, am getting pretty damn sick of it. That's why I started my own conservative comedy series, Living with a Liberal. Hosted on the popular video-sharing app TikTok, Living with a Liberal features two fictional characters, played by yours truly, whose political differences could not be more obvious. It's a comedic take on the modern-day Liberal Democrat, because if they can brand us as racists and bigots, we can brand them as triggered, oversensitive snowflakes. Check out Living with a Liberal today on TikTok. Just search Jason Veely, and you'll be taken right to my homepage. I have over 100 episodes on there, so you won't be short on content anytime soon. Enjoy. Are you a pissed off liberal that wants to give me a piece of your mind? Or maybe you're a conservative that simply has a question or comment. Either way, you should know that there's a few different ways you can reach me. Feel free to send me an email at program at gmail.com. Or if you prefer, you can also call the show number and leave me a voicemail. 860-266-2852 Be sure to provide your name and where you're writing or calling from. Thanks a lot. I look forward to hearing from you. You know, folks, by the time. <laughs> by the time I finish up the year with this radio program, by the time it comes, you know, 2022, I, I swear to God, I'm going to have gray hair. I'm going to have gray hair because I. I sit down behind the microphone, and don't get me wrong—I love it. But it is damn stressful having to listen to these liberals and and respond to them. It's just—it's—it's a—it's a pain in the ass. It really is. All right, let's get back to Richard Blumenthal uh, speaking about gun violence during a Senate hearing recently. Here we go. Listen,
2: we cannot save the eight victims in Atlanta save I don't know why the it skips eight victims in Atlanta or the 10 last night, including a brave police officer. Thoughts and prayers. Can't save the 24,000 people killed every year or the 26 blacks killed every day, the eight children killed as a result of unsecured weapons every day. Thoughts and prayers are not enough.
1: And and what can save these people, by the way? Gun laws that criminals aren't going to follow anyway? Is that going to save them? Gun laws that criminals could just completely ignore and continue to um, purchase firearms on the black market, for example? I mean, the, the, the premise, the, the the core premise behind the left's argument here is just absurd. It's absurd that they think that just enacting new laws will stop criminals. Criminals exist to defy the law, for God's sakes. All right, keep listening.
2: And yet, thoughts and prayers is all we have heard Uh uh from my colleagues. Thoughts and prayers Um, is
1: all we've gotten.
2: Thoughts and prayers must lead to action. Thank you, Elizabeth. There may be some question about what the motives were for the killer in Boulder, but there's no mystery about what needs to be done. Connecticut has shown by some of the strongest gun laws in the country that they work. But
1: I, Apparently Conne- he's never visited the inner city, that is Hartford. Apparently he's never vid- uh, visited Bridgeport, Connecticut, New Haven. Sanctuary cities, the places are replete with criminal activity, um, gangs and so on and so forth. I mean, it's like every single morning you turn on the local news, there's a new shooting in, like I said, Hartford or Bridgeport or New Haven. So I, I don't know what he's talking about here. Yes, Connecticut has extremely stringent gun laws, but they don't seem to be doing a hell of a lot, honestly just like they're not doing a hell of a lot in places like Chicago. Why is that, Lizard Man? Maybe you can answer.
2: ...with those strong, strong gun laws is at the mercy of states with the weakest laws, because guns do not respect state boundaries.
1: It, you know, it's so true. So tell me. So tell me. If guns don't respect boundaries, who's going to stop them from coming up from Mexico, for example? and entering the black market. How are you going to stop that? What are you going to do? Just curious.
2: This time feels different. The dawn of a new era with a president completely committed to
1: and completely gun violence prevention. And completely I might add.
2: And I know from having heard him privately and publicly, that he
1: shared
2: this passion. So do majorities now in the House and the Senate. And we have a majority leader in the United States Senate who has promised a vote on constitutional common sense gun violence prevention
1: Constitutional, huh? And common sense. Wow, sounds like a good deal. Yeah, you Democrats, well, you're using common sense. That's good to know. And you're... You're following the Constitution. Well, thank God. All right, I've been wrong this whole time. Let's, all conservatives out there, let's just submit to the left because they're following the Constitution with all these gun laws that they're proposing weapons bans and all the rest. They're following the Constitution, everyone. Dick Blumenthal says so. This jerk. Keep listening.
2: Our opponents are on their heels. The NRA declaring financial
1: I've never understood why is the NRA an opponent of anybody the The NRA exists to preserve the second amendment and the, the the right to bear arms that's why they exist why does that make them the enemy I understand that you on the left don't believe in that don't believe in the right to bear arms so maybe that's why they're the enemy but honestly it it's I I I find it tough to look at an organization dedicated to preserving God-given rights as the enemy, as an opponent of anything,
2: and really moral bankruptcy. And moral we bankruptcy. Have maybe most moral
1: important, moral bankruptcy. A- yeah, that's great. That's great. You liberals want to talk about moral bankruptcy. Let's talk about abortion. Let's have a discussion about that. What do you think of that? You guys support Planned Parenthood? The murder of millions of unborn babies over the years? Moral bankruptcy, you jerk? Look at your own damn party. Look at people like Cuomo. The uh, the governor of New York. Andrew Cuomo. That jerk. Moral bankruptcy, how many women have come forward now, seven or eight? What about Harvey Weinstein? What about Anthony Weiner? And on and on and on. Joe Biden himself. Moral bankruptcy, don't start that with me. We could go down the laundry list.
2: Powerful grassroots movement that has produced results at the polls, wins for members of Congress. And that grassroots movement is led by a new generation of groups and individuals. In the midst of the most serious disease outbreak in our lifetime, gun violence is an epidemic in its own right. Guns
1: in the wrong hands make the most serious problems. The problem is, see, you see how... What they say doesn't match up with what they do. Guns in the wrong hands. Well, they're not just trying to keep guns out of the wrong hands. They're trying to keep guns out of everybody's hands. Joe Biden just talked about an assault weapons ban. That's not targeting criminals. That's targeting everybody, all Americans. So don't give me this. We're just trying to keep guns out of the hands of the wrong people. No, you're not. You're keeping guns out of the hands of everybody, all of us. No, you know what? Not even that. You're keeping guns out of the hands of law-abiding citizens. You're not taking guns away from criminals at all because criminals don't follow the law. This is how twisted liberal logic is, folks. This is why I'm going to be gray by, by next year, I swear to God.
2: Potentially fatal and irreversible. The hate-motivated shootings that tore through Atlanta last week are just the latest example. They won't be the last. Without access to a weapon, the Atlanta shooter is just a racist and a misogynist. But armed with a firearm, purchased that very day, he is a monster, a mass murderer.
1: I agree with that. I mean, I I completely agree with that. He's a monster. Of course he is. But the idea that legislation, that government-created laws would have stopped something like that, to me is absurd. It's absurd. Let me raise a couple of points. First of all, you'll notice how the Second Amendment is not even considered. It's not even considered. They don't talk about the Second Amendment. If they really wanted to have a debate about gun control, look, I'm, I don't mind having a debate uh, about firearms and what laws we can have and can't have, but to have this debate and not even acknowledge that individuals have the God-given right to bear arms, to not even acknowledge the Constitution and the Second Amendment, that's a non-starter for me. That's a non-starter for me. The Democrats don't do that. When's the last time you heard someone like, well, like Blumenthal, or Chris Murphy, or Joe Biden, or any of them? Diane Frankenstein, she's a big gun nut, or anti-gun nut, I should say. Do these people talk about the Second Amendment? When they're debating firearms? No. Do they say anything like, Uh, you know, this is what I believe we need to do with regards to firearms in this country. Um, Let's talk about whether or not this would be in compliance with the Second Amendment. That's not the way they talk. They talk about issuing executive orders. They talk about, now is our time. We're going to do this. We're going to take a stand and all the rest. So that's number one. Number two, notice how they don't, ever factor in the positive side of firearms this is another reason why having a debate with the left about this right now is a non-starter because they don't even consider the other side they don't even consider it i consider the, their side i consider their side i just admitted to you a few minutes ago that yes 25 26000 people a year die as a result of firearms that's that's accurate. I don't have the exact numbers, but it's around there. I acknowledge that. Do they acknowledge that anywhere from 500,000 to 3 million people are saved because of guns every year? No, they don't. No, they don't. Do they pay any attention to the stories that pop up on various conservative uh, networks and news sources? Because that's really the only sources that'll carry these types of stories. Stories about good, law-abiding citizens protecting others through the use of a firearm? Do they pay any attention to stories like that? No, they don't. Why? Because they don't give a damn. That's why. And number three, and those, the, the most important point that I want to make here is that the, the push for gun control will never stop you realize that this push for gun control will never stop folks and it'll never stop because unfortunately gun related homicide will never stop there's always going to be the black market for example there's always going to be a way for crazy people who are hell-bent on killing innocent people to do just that there's always going to be a way regardless of what the law says. The law also says that heroin's illegal. The law also says that crack cocaine is illegal. Do people do heroin? Do people do crack cocaine? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. So what's going to happen, folks, is let's say Democrats do end up passing gun control measures. Which, unfortunately, is very li- a very likely at this point because, um, they're they're in power, they're in control. What's going to happen? Is and I, I want to get this on the record so that you you all can refer back to this episode on March twenty fourth. When I said this, what's going to happen is they're going to pass gun legislation, and then few weeks from now, a few months from now, a couple of years from now, there's going to be another mass shooting. There's going to be probably uh, multiple mass shootings over a period of time. You know, they might not be back to back, but there's going to be more than one at, at some point in our future. And at that point, the Democrats are going to come forward and you know what they're going to say? They're going to say, we just didn't do enough. We just didn't do enough. Yeah, we acted back in March of 2020. But it just wasn't enough. We didn't go far enough. We didn't enact enough laws. We weren't tough enough. And so the response again is going to be, we need to do more. And they're going to come with another wave of gun laws. And then what's going to happen after they pass that, 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 uh, wave of gun laws so to speak is there's going to be another mass shooting and then they're going to say well we didn't do enough again and it's going to be this vicious cycle that's what's going to happen it's going to continue until the second amendment is is essentially repealed uh, completely irrelevant and meaningless that's what's going to happen you can't stop these things from happening i mean notice how they speak Notice how they speak. It sounds good. We need to act to make sure these types of mass shootings don't ever happen again. Well, that's unrealistic. I'm sorry to say, but it's not realistic. This is always going to happen. There's no country on earth where, you know, gun-related violence doesn't happen. It, it, it's, it happens everywhere. It's just... It's, it's part of every society, unfortunately, but that, that's the way it is. And so once you accept that reality, you accept that no amount of gun laws is going to, to, to do anything. But liberals don't see it that way. They believe more gun laws will eventually stop all this. And they're extremely wrong. And so, um, this is a slippery slope, folks. This is absolutely a slippery slope. And I worry where we might end up. It's going to keep going. Once we get on on this path of gun control, on this path of infringing on the Second Amendment, eroding it, it's going to be hard to stop that train going to be really hard because the truth of the matter is ladies and gentlemen once we lose our god-given rights that is once the government becomes tyrannical and through executive action or, or what have you whatever method strips us of those rights um there's no turning back there's no turning back liberty is a very very precious thing it's worth fighting for so that's all i have to say on the matter i'm going to uh i'm going to take a quick break and come back there's some other things that i want to talk about stick with me i'll be back in a minute Conservatives, How many times have you been called a racist by someone on the left? What about sexist, bigoted, homophobic, xenophobic, right-wing, radical extremist? These are all buzzwords that liberals use as a means of labeling conservatives as something that they're not. And let me tell you something. I, like most of you, am getting pretty damn sick of it. That's why I started my own conservative comedy series, Living with a Liberal. Hosted on the popular video-sharing app TikTok, Living with a Liberal features two fictional characters, played by yours truly, whose political differences could not be more obvious. It's a comedic take on the modern-day Liberal Democrat, because if they can brand us as racists and bigots, we can brand them as triggered, oversensitive snowflakes. Check out Living with a Liberal today on TikTok. Just search Jason Veely, and you'll be taken right to my homepage. I have over 100 episodes on there, so you won't be short on content anytime soon. Enjoy. Are you a pissed-off liberal that wants to give me a piece of your mind? Or maybe you're a conservative that simply has a question or comment. Either way, you should know that there's a few different ways you can reach me. Feel free to send me an email at program at gmail.com. Or, if you prefer, you can also call the show number and leave me a voicemail. 860-266-2852. Be sure to provide your name and where you're writing or calling from. Thanks a lot. I look forward to hearing from you. All right, welcome back to the show, everybody. Jason Bealy here. Found this interesting article on Breitbart. Headline, Joe Biden under investigation for order to block wall construction. Mm Mm-hmm. Boy, Joe Biden is just getting hit from so many different angles, right? You had, I think it was like 10 10 Republicans that got together and sued him over um, something to do with energy or climate change or or the Keystone Pipeline. You have uh, Florida suing Joe Biden. um, And now he's under investigation for this. I mean, the guy is his plateful. President Joe Biden may have illegally ordered the government to stop funds for construction on the wall on the southern border as the GAO, that is the Government Accountability Office, investigates the decision. Here's what happened. Biden issued an executive order on his first day as president to pause in government spending on the wall, keeping his campaign promise to end the border security project. Now, why this was ever a promise to begin with is beyond me. I will end the border wall. I will put a stop to securing the border. Why? I don't know, because he's a dumb liberal. Biden issued uh, in, where was I? Last week, 40 Senate Republicans accused Biden of violating the law and making the migrant crisis on the southern border worse. In a letter written by these Republicans to the GAO, the Republicans wrote, In the weeks that followed, operational control of our southern border was compromised, and a humanitarian and national security crisis has ensued. The GAO is reviewing the order, according to a report by Politico, noting the president may have broken the law by trying to control funding approved by Congress. Now, folks, Congress, not the president, has the power of the purse. Congress decides where money is spent and, um, and how much is spent. Congress does that, not the president. So the argument here is by ending this spending on the border wall, by blocking it, Joe Biden um, overstepped his boundaries. Joe Biden um, did something illegal because he doesn't have the right to control spending. Congress does. So that's the argument here. Uh, Congress passed a government funding package in 2020 signed by Trump that included $1.4 billion for wall construction. A group of four additional senators, Mike Lee, Josh Hawley, Dan Sullivan and uh, Ron Johnson and over 60 House Republicans joined the earlier request to the GAO, Fox News reported on Tuesday. If the GAO rules against Biden, it will further the narrative that his administration is uh, straining the bonds of executive power to execute his radical agenda on immigration and border security. A senior Department of Homeland Security official told Breitbart News that Biden's decision to pause wall construction cost taxpayers $6 million per day. Because even though he he paused the funding, or a large part of it, um, the people who were there, the people who have brought their machinery and construction material and so forth, they still have to get paid regardless of whether or not the wall is being built. And it's coming out of our pockets. So that's why... Um, that's where they get that, that $6 million per day figure. Waste of money, wasting money. Democrats don't really give a damn. So, um, it's very interesting. We'll see what happens with this. Then I wanted to inform you about this because I thought this was interesting. The Mexican president has blamed Joe Biden For the border crisis. Mm Mm-hmm. That's right. Exclusively blaming Joe Biden for what's going on right now at the southern border. And look, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. Mexican President Andres Manuel López Obrador, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, blamed President Joe Biden's immigration policies for the crisis at the southern border during a Tuesday press conference. He said, quote, Expectations were created that with the government of President Biden, there would be better treatment of migrants. And this has caused Central American migrants and also from our country wanting to cross the border, thinking that it is easier to do so. People don't go to the United States for fun, they go out of necessity. He said, according to Reuters. So there you go. Look, us Republicans and conservatives, when we say that Joe Biden is essentially inviting them into the United States, we're not, you know, we're not conspiracy theorists. We're not, I don't think we're talking out of line. That's what's happening. That's what's happening. And now we have the president of Mexico confirming it. Confirming it. Of course they're coming here because of Joe Biden. Of course they're coming here waving their Biden flags, wearing their Biden t-shirts. Because they know that Joe Biden is soft on illegal immigration. Because they know that Joe Biden is a liberal Democrat that will expand the welfare state. That's why. They know that he's stopping the construction of the wall. They know that he's or he has ended the Remain in Mexico policy that was started under President Trump. Catch and release. Donald Trump put an end to it. Joe Biden restarted it. All the social programs that the Democrats are talking about. This is all very attractive to migrants who want to get into the country illegally. We knew this, ladies and gentlemen, but now we have the Mexico president confirming it. Here's my question. Here's my question. At what point is Joe Biden going to take any damn responsibility for this? At what point? Is it ever going to happen? Because the evidence is overwhelming. This didn't just happen because, uh, you know, out of thin air didn't just magically start all of a sudden. It's not like all these migrants just woke up one day and collectively said, hmm, you know what, let's try to get in to the United States. No. They pay attention to American politics. They know who Joe Biden is, the migrant president, and they're taking advantage of it. So Joe Biden, I call on you to take some damn responsibility. For all this chaos that's going on. Take some damn responsibility. For the uh, criminals that are being released into communities in Florida. For the illegal aliens being released into communities in Arizona and Texas. Do you have anything to do with this? Or is it just, you know, it's not your fault. No, no, no. It was Donald Trump. Yes, yes, it was the previous administration. Look, we inherited a broken system. We're just coming in and trying to fix it, that's all. This isn't our fault, it's Donald Trump's fault. And by the way, just to go full circle here, I have a question. Why doesn't Joe Biden want to stop the illegal flow of firearms across the border? I looked at the charts the illegal flow of firearms across the southern border has been steadily increasing, actually dramatically increasing since the mid-2000s. It's going up and up and up. And now that uh, border security, the border wall construction has stopped, now that all these migrants are coming up uh, thanks to our generous welfare system and so on and so forth, do you think that will... um, Do you think that will Exacerbate the problem Of guns coming across the southern border Absolutely it will Absolutely it will So I raise this point because you know the democrats And Joe Biden Talk about how they want to crack down On firearms Okay well then secure the damn border Secure the damn border Common sense folks They always talk about common sense That's some real common sense. There you go. You're welcome. All right, folks, I want to thank you very much for listening. I'll be back tomorrow. God bless. God save this great nation.